All right, I have Ask the Vet people here. We have Darren and uh, Dr. Swindell. Swindell. <laughs> nice oh, to see you both. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. Um, so today we were going to go ahead and talk about infectious diseases. Um, that is one of our big topics that we cover quite frequently, I would say, and particularly now um, in the case of coughing. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of what is commonly referred to as kennel cough. Um, in the biz, quote unquote, we refer to it as canine upper respiratory infectious disease complex. Say that times five times fast and you'll be good. <laughs> so um, lately we've been seeing a lot of this kennel cough um, going around and one of the biggest questions that I think we get is what is kennel cough? Is it one thing? Is it multiple things? Uh, how about you weigh in on that, Dr. Swindell? I would love to. So w- most people have heard of the word bordetella or the sickness mm-hmm. bordetella, which is a bacterial infection. And I think for simplicity, a lot of veterinarians will say, well, it's probably bordetella or maybe it's a mild version of bordetella. That's just one of the many agents in these um, in these diseases. And what typically happens is that there's a virus involved. Um, like one of them we can think of as the adenovirus, which is mm-hmm. one of the viruses in our common distemper vaccines. So that has an adenovirus. So we'll usually see a virus involved. And then we get some secondary infections as well with bacteria. And it's a mixture. So we can have one bacteria, we can have one virus, or we can have one virus and three bacteria. And it's very difficult for us to test and find Mm -hmm. out what it is. Um, But usually it's a complex of all of those things. But it's hard to explain that to people, I think, uh, in simple ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually our goal when people come in with a coughing dog is to educate them in what's involved so they understand what healing you know what it means to heal exactly. we don't always give antibiotics um, for those cases but short answer is many things are involved with kennel exactly. cough exactly and like you were saying not all are bacterial which is mm-hmm. what responds to that um, those antibiotics for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to give a quick reminder this is a call-in show so if anybody out there listening has any questions about what we're talking about today um, you can give us a call at 970-963-2976 and we can answer your your question as best as we can um, so you did mention testing mm-hmm. um, what does that look like well they the, lab, the laboratories that we use, the reference laboratories, do have tests for canine infectious respiratory diseases, and they usually are require a swab of the throat, a mm-hmm. swab of the eye, and they can run uh, special tests at the lab uh, to get uh, positive results for viruses and bacteria. Mm-hmm. And so there is a way to test for Bordetella, and there's a way to test for adenovirus and influenza even. Um, sometimes interpreting the results are difficult, just like we know with COVID tests. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You don't always have a definitive yes or definitive no. Um, But when we're really struggling to figure something out or we have a recent exposure and it's been just a couple of days, sometimes doing a test can help you choose a treatment. Right, exactly. And echoing that, I feel like oftentimes we have that that zone of like where we're going to get that the best answer so Mm -hmm. like i usually i think it's usually like two to five days Mm -hmm. is that right 
Yeah. Sometimes when I send a test out, the dogs are already better by the time the results come back. <laughs> exactly. So it's really so frustrating. It can be frustrating. <laughs> yeah, the disease can be frustrating. But usually it's very uncomplicated, and usually mm-hmm. the dogs recover with minimal intervention. Exactly. That's the most common situation. Resilient little friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, perfect. Um, so we kind of talked about Bordetella. Uh, a lot of kennels, grooming, boarding, that sort of thing, they require Bordetella. Um, as a vaccination. As a vaccination, yeah. right. So I think that's one that's every year. Some places mm-hmm. require every six months. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why it's labeled for a year. So mm-hmm. um, I guess with those higher traffic areas, I guess it would be a little safer to do it. Um, so a lot of people ask me when I'm giving the vaccinations if is it safe to vaccinate them in that uh, that kind of interval every six months yeah yeah I you know while I think most of the veterinary world would love it if we could just give it once a year mm-hmm. <laughs> the a lot of facilities do require every six months um, there's not a heck of a lot of science behind that but I think that a lot of it has to do with um, population right mm-hmm. so they're dealing with a lot more population so i think when i think about is it safe to give a vaccine i always think about benefits versus the risks and this particular vaccine that goes in the nose is the Mm -hmm. modified live vaccine um i think the risks are very very low to have an adverse vaccine event Mm -hmm. and the benefits are quite high to prevent a complication like pneumonia if they get a really severe infection um so i would Try, try our, we try our best to follow the recommendations or the requirements of each mm-hmm. facility. Um, but, yes, typically once a year is fine yeah. as far as, uh, as, far as the, the, the antigen created by the, by the body from the vaccine. Perfect. Yeah. And I would echo that and say that it, it is better to be safe than sorry, mm-hmm. I would say. So there's definitely nothing wrong with that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so kind of speaking of the upper respiratory stuff, you did mention earlier, um, canine influenza. Um, I think, aren't there a couple of variants of that one? There are the most common variants of influenza. We have the same canines have the same letters and numbers as people Mm -hmm. do. So we have H's and N's and they have, uh, the most, probably the most severe canine influenza is an H3N2. Um, and there's an H3N8. So there are two different variants that are circulating in the dog population mm-hmm. in our country. Although the latter one, the H3N8, is um, typically not found in dog parks and kennels. It tends to kind of focus on, um, in the, actually it started in the greyhound population in Florida. Oh. So it has actually specifically an outbreak on the Greyhound racing tracks. And so there was some spread beyond that, but it's really rare to see that one circulating. But H3N2 circulates in clusters of outbreaks. Mm -hmm. So I think right now Colorado is pretty good. We haven't seen any (laughs) any big outbreaks recently. Um, And we have a lot of dogs that were vaccinated in the last few years Mm -hmm. um, as the outbreaks were circulating around. So now we've got pretty good protection we have a herd health protection with most of our social dogs perfect um i actually have a question about that so is it like 
with the cold weather coming on, like how we get sick easier, do the do dogs get sick easier in the winter time or with cold weather? It is a good question. Um, I would say. I don't know that we necessarily see. I mean, this is an anecdotal. So this is an, uh, mm-hmm. an answer that's anecdotal from my experience because mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a lot of information yeah. in our literature about that. But um, since most of the respiratory viruses that go around for dogs are are strictly in those that socialize, mm-hmm. um, if the socializing is happening indoors more often, then yes, I would okay. say. Um, but you can also get these viruses at the dog park, mm-hmm. too. Um, so we probably have more indoor kenneling and indoor daycare in the winter. So I think there's probably a higher incidence. And we also have a lot more traveling over mm-hmm. the holidays and people kennel their dogs okay. during that yeah. time. So, yeah. Cool. I was about to say that too, that, you know, with people leaving and going on, you know, Christmas holiday mm-hmm. stuff and leaving pets, um, if they choose to do that, then I, it would make sense for sure. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I. But it's not like because of the weather. Yeah. It's not because yeah, um, not because we're all you know sharing the same space mm-hmm. necessarily. It's mm-hmm. they pass it from nose to nose contact and they pass it through aerosolization, okay. which usually has to be in a kennel environment or a daycare environment yeah. where there's constant, okay, mm-hmm. constant breathing and coughing and sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Um, Just as another reminder, this is a call-in show, so if anybody out there listening has any questions about what we're talking about today, I think we still have a little bit of time. The number to reach us here is 963-2976. I want to kind of talk about infectious disease not related to upper respiratory stuff. Um, What we can consider an infectious disease is like parasites, Mm -hmm. Um, so intestinal I guess any other area of the body, would you say you see a certain type of intestinal parasite more frequently here in this area? Hmm. I think there's a pretty good amount of Giardia around here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think (laughs) luckily we have a people population that understands Giardia in this, in this area. um, Since a lot of people are, are used to camping Mm -hmm. and hiking and filtering their own water. Um, But I'd say Giardia is pretty pretty common in the fresh water around here mm-hmm. yeah 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 for sure and roundworms roundworms i was gonna and say our, all of our puppies almost all of the puppies will come with a worm sort of a, <laughs> an extra gift but very treatable <laughs> Ooh, a gift <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um i would echo that as well that that the roundworms are ones that we see quite frequently um i feel like we have a decent control over it with those with the the people that, you know, give heartworm preventatives that mm-hmm. most of them have a intestinal dewormer, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's an added benefit as well as keeping them safe from yeah. heartworm disease. Um, I guess that's a good set way into heartworm disease as an infectious disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think most people know that heartworm disease is spread through um, mosquitoes. Yep. We don't have a huge amount of it here but it's definitely here i would say um so what are some of the biggest risks that you see or the biggest um issues with heartworm disease that you have seen in your time as a vet hmm i think thankfully 
I have not had a lot of severe heartworm cases, okay. and I'm a I'm a, um, a veterinarian that's practiced in the Midwest before mm-hmm. I came here, where we do have a higher incidence. But uh, probably the most common thing we see is that a lot of rescues uh, send up dogs from the south. Mm-hmm. So we have Arkansas, Texas. Um, Alabama, there can be really, really severe heartworm infections in those dogs that are that are really sick. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I think the last 10 years, I've noticed a trend mm-hmm. towards a lot of people adopting a rescue dog from the South who happens right. to be heartworm positive. And some of those dogs can be quite ill and have mm-hmm. a pretty high worm burden. Um, and it's a big project to, to get rid of the worms once they're adults. So... Right. I always tell people it's it's not a fun treatment to go through, and it's hard to keep your dog quiet for multiple right. months while they're right. on medication um, to restrict exercise and so forth. So prevention is so worth it with that disease, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I agree for yeah. sure. Worth it. And, you know, with doing like a yearly test, it's like three three drops I mean, of blood, the test, I think. And the drugs are really, yeah. the preventatives are actually cheap as pharmaceuticals go <laughs> in <Yeah>. general. <laughs> I'd say so. I think it's worth it yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure, I agree. Um, and e- again, with that added benefit, with most of them having um, that intestinal dewormer to go along with it, or some of them even having kind of an all-in-one flea and tick preventative, mm-hmm. intestinal dewormer, and that heartworm preventative, I think it's you know you can have a lot of good benefits for mm-hmm. that. Most dogs are eating other animal poop, Ooh. so. That's why I'm a big proponent of it. I'm like, if your dog eats the goose poop Mm -hmm. and the rabbit poop and the horse poop. Exactly. For sure. Probably said Um, that word too many times on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That does, I guess, go into another good segue of flea and tick disease. Well, tick diseases more commonly. Um, I feel like we've seen a lot of ticks crop up in the last couple of years. Um, but I don't remember if they do the ones that we have here. Do they necessarily carry disease? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I thought so, but I, I I hear so many different stories, and so it's it's definitely hard to know. Mm-hmm. Um, There's but, even one named after our region, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Right. That one's nasty. Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess. How long does it take for those diseases to spread from the tick to our little furry friends, dogs and cats? Usually uh, usually a tick has to be at feeding for at mm-hmm. least 24 hours to transmit those tiny little diseases. Um, so once they're attached, they do their thing for a while, and ticks can stay attached for days. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of them will carry something. Whether or not it gets transmitted to the animal is is hard to know and most of those ticks have also been uh, on rodents mm-hmm. or deer so um, they also carry whatever they're exposed to from the other their other victims so to speak <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah usually more than a day gotcha so if you see one you want to get them off right away exactly mm-hmm. exactly or have them on a preventative or the preventative exactly mm-hmm. perfect um, and then Fleas. We don't really see fleas in this area, a lot, at least. Um, but I guess the one that comes to mind is plague. I feel oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. is one of the biggest ones as yeah. far as what's transferred by them. So yeah. it looks like we are out of time. We did come in a little bit late, so thank you all for listening and take care. Thanks.